So we're going through the book of Numbers. Uh, in the original Hebrew, original Hebrew is called uh, In the Desert. And in a way, that's more accurate. This is about the, the people of God, the called out people of God, uh, on their way to the promised land. And it wasn't just a walk. That God actually was doing things in the midst of them. So uh, to a big extent, the journey was the destination. That as they traveled through the desert, that was what God was about, doing things in them as a people. So we looked last week, and um, these, these messages are up on the web. Thank you, Malcolm, for that great job. Uh, we looked at the centrality of worship, how important worship was to the called-out people of God, the kingdom of priests, that even the way that they were told to camp, the right in the middle was the center of worship. The Ark of the Covenant, the Levite priests, the three, uh, the priestly workers, the three clans were all around. And Moses and Aaron and the priests were right at the east where the tent opened. And as they traveled, worship was central. The eastern tri- three um, tribes from the eastern camp would go first, then three from the southern then the Tent of Meeting, the Ark of the Covenant, and then the other uh, six tribes would follow. And so to the people of God, worship was central. And everyone could see it. The surrounding nations, they knew. It was not only for them, but it was for those that were looking that worship was central. So it's not only for us, but for those that are watching and every month, I'd say every month, people talk to me in the community and say, oh, I noticed there's a whole lot, of che- um, whole lot of cars out there. And there seems to be more. You know, people are noticing when we worship, when we make worship central in our lives. They see that. But not only is worship central, we saw that worship is sacred. Worship is sacred. And we can make it casual. But that's dangerous. So don't do that. Because the worship of God is a sacred thing. And when um, two of Aaron's sons, they just got unauthorized fire, it said. They offered unauthorized fire to God, and that killed them. And we looked at the link between uh, authority and faith. But that was last week. But this week, uh, chapters 5 and 6. 5 and 6. And chapter 5 deals with uncleanness in the camp. Uncleanness in the camp. Some of it was uh, physical sickness, uh, death, but also moral uncleanness. But in the New Testament, it changes a bit. The... the, uh, The symbolic uncleanness rituals were not followed. So Jesus, instead of pushing the lepers outside the camp, he goes and heals lepers and brings them in. 
instead of pushing the death out there, he touches dead people and brings them back to life. Instead of pushing the woman who had the, um, the hemorrhaging, pushing her outside the camp, he allows himself to be touched and she's healed. Uh, but the moral side of uncleanness, um, Jesus gives his stamp to that because he wants to deal with that. And so we're going to look at that. But first I'm going to tell you a story. And it was when I was a teenager, I was hitching, I was hitchhiking from Auckland uh, down to the Waikato to a marae that I'd never ever been to, but I knew that it was east of Hamilton. Uh, what I didn't know was how big a town Hamilton was. And if you got dropped off on the northern end of Hamilton, it's a hang of a long way to walk to get to the other side and to get out to the east. I think the marae was called Rukumuana. So got dropped off, walked and walked and walked and walked, and I wasn't exactly sure where I was going. And then um, there's a nice guy. Uh, he was actually a gang member. He was a uh, mongrel mob. And I said, how do you, I'm trying to get out to the east, um, this place, I think it was Morrinsville or, anyway. And he says, oh, yeah, you have to, actually, I'll show you. And he was really nice, and he was really helpful, and he walked with me for about, oh, 30, 40, 50 minutes, right through town and out to the east. Fully patched uh, mongrel mob. And, um, and I guess, even though he was really nice, I guess he had also the potential to be not nice. Uh, but isn't that like all of us? We can be really nice, and we can be really not nice. First, we're going to look, I want to end up on nice, so we're going to look at not nice. We're going to start on nasty. So let's read uh, Numbers 5, chapter 5, verses 5 to 7. The Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, any man or woman who wrongs another in any way and so is unfaithful to the Lord is guilty and must confess the sin they have committed. They must make full restitution for the wrong they have done and a fifth of the value to it and give it to all, the, all to the person they have wronged. The Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, Any man or woman who wrongs another in any way and so is unfaithful to the Lord is guilty and must confess their sin they have committed. They must make full restitution for the wrong they have done add a fifth of the value to it and give it all to the person they have wronged. As the called out community of faith, his chosen ones, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. You know, we all have the potential of being not nice, of being nasty. Being not nice, it happens. Numbers chapter 5, verse 6. You know, uh, man or woman, men can be nasty. Woman can be nasty. You know, there's lots of different ways of being nasty. Big people can, little people can. Leaders can be nasty and laity. And uh, don't be surprised because we are all works in progress. Don't expect perfection from everyone all the time in the community of faith amongst us. We will all disappoint each other. 
from time to time. I guarantee it. And that is why scripture outlines the processes for when we are nasty to each other and, and, and what we're to do about it. So there's our scripture here, but also in the New Testament, uh, Matthew 5, verse 23, for instance, Matthew 18, 15 to 20, Jesus is very specific about the process. Uh, 1 Timothy 5, 19 to 20, it's about um, with leadership. So there are processes for dealing with non-perfect pilgrims, us, because this is point number one, it happens, it happens, it happens. We occasionally are nasty to each other, it happens. Point number two, it matters, it matters, it really matters. The temptation is to think, uh, okay, we all do this, no one's perfect, it doesn't really matter. Well, it does matter when we hurt each other, when we do things wrong, it does matter. 5 verse 6, when a man or woman wrongs another in any way, and so is unfaithful to the Lord. That person is guilty. You know why it matters? Because it's not just us. We have been unfaithful to the Lord. When we're nasty to each other, when we do wrong to each other, it's not just about us. We have done something to that, that covenant, that relationship, that, that treaty with the Lord. It matters. It happens. It's, it matters. And thirdly, it's fixable. 5 verse 7. Fess up. Cough up. It's fixable. Often it is. Not always, but often it is. Uh, verse 7. And must confess this sin he or she has committed, he must make full restitution for his or her wrong. Uh, I'll tell you about one of my big big wrong things, shall I? Uh, it was a few years back, and I was, um, I don't know, I was tired or something, or I'm not going to make excuses. I just, I messed up, right? And I had this, I assumed some things about some people. And so I got um, one of the couples in, and um, I told Charter to come over, and I was going for it, I was telling them a real good telling off, and partway through, I realized, uh-oh, got the wrong end of the stick, and I'm just, I'm messed up, and Shah was giving me that huge dipstick look, and, <laughs> and before, you know, it, was, it wasn't long, I was, I was having to apologize, and I was sorry, I, I, I got that wrong, and, um, but I knew that wasn't it, and I had a meeting the next day in Auckland, had to go to Auckland, came uh, on, in the uh, airport, I got a whole heap of Dunkin' Donuts, Got off the plane, went round to the place, apologised again. Sorry, I made a really bad mistake and I said the wrong things, I, I assumed. And I think to a large extent that helped. You know, sometimes there's always a vestige of, ah. But, you know, to a large extent, I think that helped. We met a family a couple, here's another story, uh, a couple of years back. They told us uh, about what happened with them one time. And they, um, they were living in Auckland, they still do. They were, they were a Māori Samoan family and Christian family. Next door was a Pākehā family. 
and um, they loved each other. Both families really loved each other and spent a lot of time together. And um, they had kids, and they spent the kids spent a lot of time together. Uh, but they both lived on a, on a very busy, dangerous road. And the Pakeha family said, um, please, whatever you do, get the kids to shut the gate when they come and go. And one day they didn't. And what happened, uh, the Pakeha family, they had a, one of the kids was a toddler that could sort of walk and, and wandered down through the open gate down into the middle of this really busy road. Uh, motorist came past and, and ended up uh, bringing the child up the driveway and bringing it back to the family, and, and it was horrific. Uh, nothing had happened to the child, but it could have been a really bad situation. Um, so uh, they let the next-door family know, and they apologized, but they, 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 they knew that the, the relationship had been really damaged. There's something different in that, and um, the dad, uh, Samoan, he, he tossed and turned about it because he said, um, in our culture, some, something uh, wrong happens from a member of the family. The whole family wear it. They all feel it. It's a, like a community shame that goes on the family. And he, he, is, he was, he'd toss and turn, trying to think of what he could do. And then um, he said this thing, it's a Samoan cultural thing that he decided to do. It's called ifonga. And what you do is, he said he got the, um, the whole family, he got mats, um, grass mats, and they went in front of the house, the Pākehā family's house, and he knelt down and got his whole family behind him to do exactly the same and, and sort of knelt down, bowed down, and um, waited and waited and waited. And it was <laughs> Pagan family looked out the window and went, what's going on here? Anyway, they ended up coming out. The dad um, came out. And part of what the, what the process is, is you put yourself in a position of total humility with your uh, head bowed and your neck open to the possibility that they will not forgive you. And in the old days, chop off your head. You're on the mat ready to be cooked and uh, eaten and put in the umu. That That's what it symbolizes. So that's what he did. And um, the dad didn't, the other father didn't know exactly what it was, but he kind of, there's a whole lot of tears, and he prayed, and he said um, it, it fixed it. Something lifted in the relationship. And, you know, sometimes we do wrong things to each other, and sometimes it takes time, eh? Forgiveness takes time, sometimes. And sometimes people uh, will not forgive. Sometimes that happens too. But we can do our best. We can do what is right. We can confess, say sorry, uh, make restitution. Do your best. Forgive. We think of how much we've been forgiven, that what God has forgiven us. Let's do our best. Uh, be nasty. It happens. It matters. It's fixable. Okay, be nice. Next scripture. Be nice. Numbers 6, 22 to 27. 
The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. How do you be nice? You put the name of the Lord on people. You bless them with the name of the Lord. That's how we can be the nicest. It's the best thing we can do for people. Put God's name on them. Bless them. You know, the, the word bless, we tend to overuse it, eh? It's, it's lost its significance. But in the original, bless, the word bless was a powerful word. You know, way more than, than it is today. It's almost like the way we say, you know, I bless, you know, have a good day. But to the Israelites, to bless was a solemn and deliberate and powerful, powerful act with concrete advantages. Deuteronomy 28 says this. Um, Deuteronomy 28 outlines the, the sure and the, and the countable blessings of obedience. It says, if you're obedient, you'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed. Your crops will be blessed. The young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and lambs, basket and kneading trough will be blessed. When you come and when you go, you will be blessed. You know, blessing is a very powerful word because it's about a divine transference. You know, this is three things. This is, uh, firstly, this is a blessing, not a hoping. This is a blessing, not a hoping. There was power in the name. That's why God said to Moses and Aaron, this is how you to do it. This is what you, do, what you are to do, to say. Say, the Lord bless you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord make his face toward you, turn his face toward you and give you peace. And peace is not just the absence of conflict. You know, the, the, the Jewish word peace, shalom, is about, is about goodness, about well-being. It's very uh, holistic. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. The, the priests were told to put God's name on the people. It's a blessing, it's not a hoping. It's active, it's not passive. One of the amazing things about um, leading this church for the last, we're into our eighth year now, is that uh, not one day have I had a sick day while I've been on the job. I've never had to ring up Bruce and say, count it as a sick day. And I think one of the reasons... For that is that I know there's lots of people that pray for me, that pray for us. I think what it is, partly, is that people are praying God's blessing on us as a family. We had an amazing prayer night uh, last Wednesday night for those of us that were there. There's about 18, 19, and um, it was really good. We do it every first Wednesday of every month. 
And um, I'm quite ins- insistent that one of the things that we do almost every time is we pray through the phone lists of the church. Because I want us to pray God's blessing on us as a church, on the people. God's very best for all those names. Put God's name on them. We want to bless them with the name of Jesus. And I encourage you to come and do that with us. And you to do that, to say yes to that, you probably need to say no to other things. That's active. That's not passive. It's a blessing. It's not a hoping. The name was singular, not plural. It was the name, not the names. The name, not any old name. It's definite, a definite article. The name, the name. And this is echoed in the New Testament with the name of Jesus. Philippians 2.9, Therefore God exalted him, that's Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. The name that is above every name. Gave him the name. The name above every name. Acts 4.12 Salvation is found in no one else. No other name. There is no other name. Under heaven, given to men, by which we must be saved. You know, this is important because outside of these walls, the predominant thought is that any name, any old name will do. <laughs> any old name will do. Any spiritual name, any deity will do. But no, there is no other name. It is the name of Jesus only. The name. Any other name will not do. It is the name of Jesus by which we must be saved. Hinduism, for example, we uh, New Zealand. You know, we celebrated the Hindu festival of Holly last weekend in New Zealand. Where on Saturday night, they have the, the bonfires uh, that celebrate the killing of the, the powerful demon and prayers. So that's on the Saturday night, last Saturday night. And then on the Sunday, the Sunday morning, everyone does the color run. And a lot of Kiwis don't know that actually, that actually is a Hindu festival. But... Uh, and Hindus have a plethora of deities. And in fact, um, God and the universe and human beings are essentially one thing, a connected oneness. But for the disciple of Jesus, there is only one name, only one deity, Jesus, who is, who was, who will come again. He is the fullness of God. Jesus has left us his spirit to guide, to comfort, who will return and take us with him, will be with him, will be like him. 
Jesus Christ. That is the name that is above every name. That is the name that we have to say yes to. No other name. That name alone. It was amazing today, you know, at the prayer meeting, um, uh, Winda had a, this morning, Winda, she said, I want to read this psalm. And the last part of the psalm was about the name. And then um, they chose the songs without me knowing, and part of that, one of the songs was about the name. So let's finish with that. Uh, let's stand up, eh, and we'll pray. Uh, if our worship team can come up and play that song. And some of us may need to confess now. You know, uh, you've been a little bit universalist, and that is not what a follower of Jesus is. A follower of Jesus is uh, all about Jesus and Jesus alone. And you say no to other names. You say, I will only follow the name of Jesus. He is the fullness of God. Yeah, so um, we want to confess, Lord, if we have um, saddened you in any way by not honoring your name, not giving the honor that is due your name and you alone, we want to confess that now and say no to that because there's there's power in your name. And if we have been unfaithful in the way that we've treated each other, we want to say sorry for that too. Um, and Lord, help us to uh, to be aware of that when we do it. We know it happens. Um, we want to be aware of it and to deal with it, not pretend that it's okay because it's not okay, and to help try and fix it as best we are able. You want to do that, Lord, because we love you, and we thank you the um, the blessing that is in your name, the power that is in the, your name of what it can do. Yes. Glory and honor to you. Honore kororia kia kwe.